Welcome back to the pregame episode, episode not on Friday, on Saturday. Pregame hype with my homie Bengals Drake. Drake, how you doing, man? Doing great, bro. Um, gosh, this is this is a big week. Monday night football. Um, I don't I don't remember the last time. I mean, I've said it week in and week out. It's kind of crazy, you know. We we go at the Chiefs game and we go with all these different games, and it's like every single week is like the biggest game of the year. It just follows mm-hmm. up, follows up in this Buffalo game. Um, I believe what seventy eight combined touchdowns, the most touchdowns for yep. quarterbacks coming into a game in NFL history. So that's just crazy. That um, is insane, bro. That, that, yeah, it's awesome. I'm kind of surprised. Like, no, I know. Like, you'd almost assume like a week, a last season matchup, like an in division or something. Like, you're telling me like Derek Carr hasn't put up 35 touchdowns before. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. in a week, eight seventeen, and against Patty Mahomes lighting it up. But yeah, it's crazy, bro. Maybe it was Monday Night Football. But then again, I read it was the most touchdowns combined in NFL history. So, yeah, bro, it, it's insane. I mean, you're right. Hopping straight into it, man. Fucking twenty-three <laughs> combined wins, which is kind of surprising as well. Like, because like I said, kind of thinking of the same thing. Like, you're telling me it's never happened before. Like, you're telling me a division game, like where two division teams are going crazy. I guess not. Yeah. Um, it's awesome, man. I mean, let alone with the record. And of course, almost every time the record is coinciding with the talent of that team. But sometimes you get the twenty. 20 Steelers where they're 11 and 0 and everybody knows this team is mid as fuck. Not even trying to diss his ops. Like we fucking hate the Steelers and we'll, we'll like say that straight up. Everybody listening agrees, but that team was ass. So like, this is not that this is elite top tier teams that deserve to have these records and their talent on the field aligns with the record and eye test like yo these are elite fucking teams yeah bro monday night i mean it's about to be insane i mean just looking at the footage from you know when we had the whiteout night um in cincinnati it's just it's electric so just to to see these two teams compete on such a big stage it's it's gonna be great to watch and and super fun yeah are, are you going to the game I I am. I think um so I think I'm gonna be sitting lower bowl. I mm-hmm. think that usually that's the tickets I've been getting lately. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, I should be going oh. lower bowl. That's gonna be me and my uncle. So yeah, man, it's it's gonna be fun. <clears throat> I've been that's... to all the primetime games this year. I mean, it's the first year that I've been to like so many games. I I usually try to go to one a year, but I mean, I've been mm-hmm. a, I've been fortunate enough to go to so many, and it's been great. It's been great, man. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I've I've definitely had the luxury too to go to some games this year. Um, obviously, with the Panthers game with you, Chiefs game. Damn, yeah, I've been to two games this year. Um, yeah, man, it's it's insane. Um, yeah. Just such a big game, and to hop into our first topic as we typically do. Injury updates um, in the macro, it's been kind of consistent all week. The most unique thing was Sam Hubbard popping up in a good way. Uh, he's been – he was limited in practice the past three days. He was limited again today. But what's interesting is that he was not on the rehab field. 
you'd kind of expect not that like it was so significant it's it's rehab field worthy but at least in my perception is when Zach off top said two to four weeks for Sam I was like oh okay they're gonna push that four weeks then I was like we'll just get ready for him in the playoffs but for him to unexpectedly come back on Thursday practice like he did no rehab field work looked good of course not in the full 11 on 11 practice portion of the practice as they have but still to even be out in a limited fashion is really encouraging Zach said it's up in the air for Monday night with the trajectory we've talked about this again and again Drake like T Higgins Jamar Joe Mixon Hayden Hurst those four guys all got the treatment of yo coach I'm good to go for this game Mm, one more game you know what I mean so are they gonna do that with Sam again but It is, dude, it's the biggest time of the year right now. You know what I'm saying? So do you think they're going to break that trend and let Sam go and risk it potentially or keep that trend that they've been on? Yeah, I love this topic. But, um, yeah, man, I'm, like, kind of confident that Sam is going to suit up in this one. Like you said, biggest time of the year right now. I just – I feel like in a situation where, okay, if you have – Sam Hubbard in any type of fashion that's going to help you, you know, you can, you can limit him whenever during the game, you can rotate. Exactly. Like TB the past couple weeks, yeah. take it slow with them yeah. dressed. I think, I think that's, what's going to happen just with how big the game is. And they win this game this week. It, God, this is what's so crazy about the end of the season. Like there's so many, Thanks to this because a lot of people are wait, so who do the um who do the Chiefs play? Is it the Raiders? Uh they face the Broncos this week. Oh, the Broncos. Okay. Yeah. So people okay, so I, I saw something like how now Russell Wilson with the new head coach, like with Hackett being fired, like yeah. somehow pull out a win against the Chiefs. I so it would just it would make the odds for week 18 or whatever like so crazy like okay so is joe burrow if we win against buffalo are we gonna go out and try to play for the one seed or in the, oh that's, yeah that's oh, what yeah. yeah so like gosh it's so crazy bro because hubbard when you think about it if we get the win this week mm-hmm. and whatever the factors are say say okay the chiefs or the bills one of the to have an automatic chance for that one seed just mm-hmm. because of the win this week. So yeah. maybe at that point, Hubbard can, I don't know, rest a little bit because you might rest those guys in the last game. That I mean, we saw it last year. Even, yeah. you know, as long as we can – I mean, we, we've already clinched a playoff spot. So and I, I know they want to clinch the division more than anything. Um, yeah. Ravens could potentially lose this week. I know Lamar Jackson's out again, so bro, I could... really feel like they are. I mean, I think Kenny Pickett has been getting better, and I think credit is deserved. You know where it's deserved flat out, and he's been playing a bit better. That offense is still mid as fuck. Uh, they're still not good. Uh, they have scored twenty points just one or two times after playing us six, seven weeks ago. Um, but I, I did a little bit more thinking about this uh, with the. Last two weeks of the season, I see no scenario where the Bengals let up off the gas involving letting players rest in week 17 and 18. Because if you win this week 
And say if the Ra- the Ravens lose, you clinch the North. But not only do you clinch the North, you are right at the door of getting that one seed if you keep your foot on the gas and secure this game in Baltimore or at, crazy. You know, against Baltimore. So I think there's no scenario where they let up on the gas because talk about a relief to get that first seed. Bro, I mean, I, damn it, I wish I had the percentages on me, but teams that get the first seed make the Super Bowl something like 40 50% of the time. So it's Great. a massive advantage, bro. Like you play one less game. That's huge when you're going against playoff teams. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So like I personally see no scenario. They do not play all starters to get that either first seed or the situation you don't want to be in is to lose to the Bills, the Ravens win, then all of a sudden you have to go into Baltimore and beat or you have to host Baltimore to win the division. Like right. I said, I do not I am super confident in the Steelers right now. It's really weird and I don't like saying that, but I just want to get the bitch ass Ravens out of the way. Like they're annoying. They suck. Their offense is horrible. You score eight touchdowns in six weeks, you're fucking ass. I don't give a fuck what you're bro. If the Bengals were eleven and four and we scored eight touchdowns in six weeks, our offense would be ass. You know what I mean? I I, I wouldn't deny it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I, I feel like this is deja vu. I feel like we talked about the same shit last week, except another week has passed and their offense is still terrible. Um so you hope the Steelers take care of business, but not to focus on that too much. Yes, bringing it back with the injuries and the implications game. I like the concept of what they did with TB last week. Now, you don't expect it to go like how it went with TB. TB had a bad game. He was out of rhythm. He was out of sync. He had that boneheaded play that Joe had the first pick on because he stopped running. Did you watch the replay of that play, bro, like on all 22? Like they have a headshot, like above head of how that play went. Did you see that? No, I I, I saw how like how he was, like how they weren't on the same page, but no, I didn't see. Yeah, anything. so to I'll, I'll explain it just a little bit. Like so TB, bro, TB's ran that route literally a thousand times. You know, like that's the most typical TB play. Quick slant, get the ball third and four, no biggie. He stops and Devin McCourty was breaking on the ball, I guess instinctively. Um, Tyler Boyd stopped because he saw Devin McCourty break him. And oh. as soon as he stops running his route, Joe like puts his hands down, like, what are you doing? T did the same thing. Like T puts his arms out, like, TB, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It was like, it was just a yeah. it's a play you never see from TB. But look, bro, it happens to the best. It yeah. it happens. It's like Devin McCourty is, I mean as seasoned of a veteran as it gets. I said he's 75 years old last week. He may be 76 now. He's been playing seemingly for 50 fucking years. He's super smart, super good still. And he made a great play. And so what I'm getting to at that point is you don't expect that to be the case with Sam. But that was TB's, like, his first play of that drive or second play. You put Sam in when you need him. It's kind of up in the air when you need Sam because he's not – a an insane pass rusher, even though he's been having his best year, you know. Uh, you, I, I think, would prioritize him on second and third down. Yeah, and I think when having him in, it's it serves and like you said, he's not 
you know, as efficient rushing the quarterback. But when you got a guy like Josh Allen who is going to run, yep, you need a guy like Sam Hubbard. So, and we we've been able to build in such a good way to stop Lamar Jackson because of our edge guys and guys like DJ Reader, especially inside. So, yeah, man, it, it's going to be fun to to watch this D-line, and it's going to be a, a big task at hand for them, honestly. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, to touch on a bit of the injuries some more, um, as I said, it's been mostly the same this week except with the pleasant surprise of Sam and maybe him playing. Uh, everybody else is good to go, including Hayden. He officially got the go-ahead from Zach. It's out there now. That was the case all this week. You know, they decided to have that extra nine days rest. Like I told you, the trajectory Zach has been on. Oh, you're, you seem good to go one more week just to make sure that's the one more week. Now he's more than ready. Um, it's going to be massive to have Hayden, bro. I mean, I'm to see him get that first down and that first catch. It's awesome because I think it has every, every Bengals fan knows now he will get us going. Yep. Even more than what the offense already does, you know, production-wise. We know the, the offense gets rolling, and then Hayden just adds that, bro. Hayden's like CTB of the defense. Just bring that fucking juice, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, his energy is through the roof, and he just he adds another element to the offense. Like, we've seen him lately, which I love to see. They've kind of drawn him up more across the middle, so mm-hmm. I think we can we can expect that going forward, especially as he's more healthy. Like I'm sure he like that he says he's 100, percent but once they have full confidence and and throw in more plays at him to watch, like you have to guard Hayden Hurst too. Like Hayden Hurst is is fast. Like mm-hmm. that's underrated for him as tight end and he's super physical like he takes two or three guys sometimes to take him down like yeah absolutely man Um, I'm so excited for him to be back Um, and especially to get into the X's and O's towards the end of the episode on uh, how Hayden can be implemented against those linebackers because there's going to be some opportunities there Um, so a bit of a rundown with the Bills injury report just macro of the macro, both teams are pretty healthy coming into this game. Of course, you got some IR guys, which sucks and is significant. Lel Collins officially placed on IR yesterday. Von Miller, their key pass rusher for the Bills, a few weeks ago on IR. Micah Hyde's been on IR almost the entire year. Really good safety with the tandem with Jordan Poyer. Um, and to bring it up with Jordan Poyer again, he is the only player that is listed as questionable for him. Same shit happened last week, though. He was questionable all week and played. I expect him to play because this is their biggest fucking game of the year. So both teams are pretty healthy, bro. So you're not going to be hearing no weird Ravens shit that whining the whole time that we're injured or at least as of now. So both teams look good. Yeah, man. I God, man, that Collins injury was so sad. Like watching, yeah. watching it, like just watching it, I was like, <sighs> like that's that's tough. So, yeah, the Lyle, man. I I hope he, you know, has a great recovery, and um, you know, I hope whoever steps in. I mean, they've been nodding at you know a guy like you know Isaiah Prince, but I've also I've heard things about Adenogy too. So like I don't I don't know at this point. I think it might be Prince. It might might but it, it might be a rotation of guys. 
You know, yeah. I saw the rotation of all three with a Smith. So yeah, um, it'll be it'll be something that I'm sure they have figured out, and hopefully it works because you know having a guy like Von Miller out and Lyell like that that's a one for one right there, which is crazy. True. Yep, yep, you're you're exactly yeah. right, and a lot of Bengals and Bills fans have been saying that this week. So, uh, I mean, even I'd give you know more uh, kudos for the Bills navigating past that injury because L has not right. been our best lineman. Or has been a fucking incredible player. I I, I shame myself for this. I was just absolutely. Six years, 120 mil is just still stupid as fuck. For a guy that's 33 years old. Bro, Von Miller's literally a top five pass rusher of all fucking time. I'm like, so I'm stupid for thinking that this dude was just not going to produce that well for the Bills. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's almost like he's a fucking one of the greatest to ever do it at the position. Of course he's going to ball out. And he's been doing that this year. And unlike L, like in pass rush or in pass blocking, L was starting to bog down even more. We know how it's been with L. We've talked about it all year. The back, the ankle. He hasn't been the same since the torn Achilles. He hasn't been. He was never that athletic. It caught up to him. He struggled in space. That's why he lined up extra wide, about a three to four foot gap between Kappa and pass blocking. The dude needs help because he's not that quick. The dude always fell down when he tried to block super speedy guys off the edge. Von Miller would have destroyed L. Collins. He would destroy whoever. But him being out is big. But it's not a ton of relief, bro, because Greg Rousseau is a fine young edge player. Kind of like Josh Uche, low-key. Yeah. So, yeah, so whoever it is, Isaiah Prince, which I got to talk about that for a second, bro. If they are so fond of Zay, Isaiah Prince, why the fuck has he not been activated this year? Yes, right. he came back from the IR a month ago. I get it. But if he was, if you were so fond of him, why did you cut him? You know what I mean? And then bring right. him back to the practice squad. Why did you de-elevate him? To take him off the roster, put him on the practice squad. If you're so fond of him, it's kind of annoying to me. It's like, bro. He did not hold up well last year. Yes, he held up against um, strong guys that aren't super elitely gifted athletic wise. Like the most, like Von Miller, he got destroyed by Von Miller. We already saw it. And Greg Rousseau is really athletic too, though. And, and he's kind of both. He's not like, he's kind of like uh, Greg Rousseau. But it, it just annoys me. It's like Hakeem has been the six all year. He's been fine all year. Tackle, he came in and was decent. Like, you know what I mean? It's just annoying to me on why they're so fond of him now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly scary because, you know, you're, like you said, you're hoping the best for these guys. But also, we're obviously going to the playoffs. We're going on a run. So, you're going to have to watch that right side, like, by any mm-hmm. means necessary. I mean, it's... It's going to be something to watch. Um, and hopefully, hopefully they can figure it out. Hopefully guys can step up like they have at other positions. Hopefully, you know, 
something like last year was a teaching moment but yeah like i i 100 agree with you like you have total confidence in a guy like that why why was he cut why is he on the practice squad why because you know it was kind of surprising that they put him on the practice squad but for sure um we're surprised when they cut him yeah right so yeah man i mean geez i i'm a fan of wanting to see Hakeem Adinaji succeed so me too something like that I want to really see him really see him succeed like I think his story would be cool but yeah man Prince uh man that that's that's tough I mean it's almost like a slap in the face to Hakeem it seems like if if they did something like that like I feel like I I personally feel like Hakeem Adinaji should get the chance to start first, see mm-hmm. how it works out, just because like he's stuck around, you know. Uh, I agree. I think that well, they are gonna dress up Isaiah Prince. He's gonna dress. Um, right, and right. I listen. They talked about it's gonna be a committee thing. They're gonna they're gonna swap back and forth. And look, bro, they did that in the fucking AFC Championship game last year. Who was it? Um, Jackson Carmen and Hakeem Adeniji. They split reps drive by drive in the fucking AFC Championship game. So they're not afraid to do it in this game. You start with Hakeem and see if anything sticks. And if it goes to shit, then put Isaiah in there. But in the macro, bro, in the macro, I think people need to have some peace of mind. Because you know what I've championed all along. The reality that we have gone against the gauntlet of elite pass rushers. Yes, sir. And have they caused impacts? Yes. But that's why they're fucking elite, bro. They're they're called elite guys for a reason, not that they're elite every now and then. So elite guys, so they're always going to wreck some havoc, but they have not wrecked our game. Like Judon did not wreck our game. Josh Uche, that compliment, that duo is one of the most productive duos in the NFL. If not the most. They did not wreck our game last week. Did Judon make a great play in the open field against Jamar? Yes. But you know what I mean? Like, they didn't wreck it. The, nobody's wrecked our games since weeks one and two. Yeah, I was I was honestly – I think one player that I was scared of last week was Judon. I thought oh, he yeah. had the chance to completely destroy a game. Just look at his numbers. I mean, mm-hmm. so I yeah. think it was great that we were able to – Get out of that game, especially what quarter did Collins go down? Second, middle of the okay. second. Okay, so I, I mean, I, I'll be completely honest. I wasn't too end to look at. I, when I'm watching the game, I'm watching the game. So, did you pay attention to that right tackle position? Like, how, mm-hmm. how did they finish out? After <sighs> he was fine. That's within okay. the comp of him coming in and dealing with what he had to deal with. Hakeem was not locked down, but he allowed no quarterback hits and no sacks, which when you're going against a young stud in Josh Uche, that's about all you can ask for. You know, Josh Uche is a good player with the elite pass rush production for Matthew Judon on the left side, but he allowed eight quarterback pressures. Um, it was good enough, though. Nothing crazy. And look, man, Greg Russo, like I said, is about like a Josh Uche, but the Bills don't have a fucking Matthew Judon anymore, which Matthew Judon is not Von Miller, but they don't have Von Miller anymore. So imagine if Josh Uche 
pass rush. Is it still good? Yes, it's respectable. But like I've said all along, dude, Lael struggled in pass blocking. If you watch him on film, bro, the last three games, it was really starting to get bad, bro. Like, listen, he can't move laterally quick anymore. The back, the ankle, the Achilles. It's just, dude, the injuries were starting to linger and pile up. And I'm not saying he's dealing with an active Achilles injury. But look, man, he tore it a few years ago. He was never the same elite LaL since. Still a really good run blocker. Why? Because he can go straight line. He can get up and get moving. He can't go laterally. He can go north to south, not east to west. So Hakeem and Isaiah faster, more athletic than LaL. I've heard um, a really smart um, O-line scout talk about, I would rather have a lineman be athletic and get, and get beat that way once they're one-on-one up and up in each other than a guy that can't even get to the spot. You know, And that was L a lot. Bro, yeah. when he let up the sack last week, Josh Uche went right past him. Because he got more wide than he did. He got down, and Lael couldn't even snatch trap him. What you see Lael like to do in pass blocking, he eliminates the player by he lets the player overextend with the arm, and he'll snatch trap him where he'll end up getting the arm, getting the pads, and pushing him down with their back. You ever see that? You watch a replay, Lael will fucking push them down and then fucking lay on him. Yep, yep. That, that's when he can get to him. And it's like it was starting to become a fucking problem. What I'm saying in the macro, Hakeem Adeniji or Isaiah Prince are going to be a downgrade in run blocking significantly from LaL, okay? But pass blocking, not a ton because it was starting to get bad. Like I said, the last two and a half games until he went down in this half game, it was getting bad with LaL and pass block. I think people need to temper their fear a bit. Though. Oh, no. You know, we lost L in pass blocking. So I think that's encouraging for us. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. don't have a guy. Bro, I'm a champion again for everybody. If they have fear, I'm going instill to instill confidence in you right now. We face TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Alex Heisman, Brian Burns, Andrew Brown, Jeffrey Simmons, um, um, Bud Dupree, Chris Jones, Guy after Miles Garrett, guys, Matthew Judon, Joshua J. We faced the guys. They have not wrecked our football game. I don't think it's going to happen this week. People are championing it too much. And if they are championing it, the, uh-oh, it's going to be a wreck. Or Bills fans think they have their key to victory. They're going to be disappointed because I don't think it's going to wreck a game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, run blocking is going to be interesting, though. We'll see. Um, Alex Kappa, bro. That's going to help a lot. That interior is going to help whoever steps in a lot, bro. Because what did Isaiah Prince have to rely on last year? A bum-ass Hakeem Adeniji inside that wasn't ready yet? You know what I mean? It was terrible in both spots. Now yeah. you at least have support in a high-end right guard. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people say, oh, the team was a fluke. Because, I mean, we, we did have an offensive line like that where – we it was really questionable it's kind of surprising it is but at the same time we do deserve our credit it's kind of disrespectful but yeah man it's a different outlook you got a guy like ted karras on the line um 
like you said, Alex Kappa, those those two guys single handedly um, changed the the outlook of that offensive line, especially that right side. So you know maybe maybe with those guys there, it uplifts your your guy like Hakima Dinaji or Isaiah Prince. You know, so it, it's different. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and that offensive line, we, we've we've been getting we've been getting better. Like we we really have. So. And I think one thing, the biggest difference, I think Joe Burrows talked on it too. I think the big between Trey Hopkins last year and Karras is energy. Like a guy like Ted Karras comes in and you want a guy like that, that's super vocal, super like scary to opposing defenders. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like he, he's going to talk. He's going to, he's yeah. going to, He's gonna play like a like a hog, like so. And I I love Trey Hopkins. No no hate towards Trey, but you know it just our our offensive line. And you can tell, you can look at the difference. Like we were really quiet last year. It seems like like it, it's almost like we were soft. So yeah, yeah, like we were just focused on trying to do our job. It's like we right. couldn't even establish right. our identity because we we're so focused on not fucking everything up. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. And well, to give more credit to Ted and not to completely discredit Trey, Trey knows exactly where he was at coming off that ACL from 2020. Look, bro, he could not handle strong guys like Trey Hopkins. Imagine him going against a DJ reader. He would have been fucked up every play (laughs) because he couldn't handle it with the knee anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, it was just so – oh, my – god damn, dude. You're really having me have some flashbacks right now. Like, just thinking of how – oh, my God, bro. Who was our left – who was our left guard last year? Quinn. Oh, my God, Jackson Carmen. Oh, my God, bro. We had Isaiah Prince. Was Quentin at right guard? Was Quentin Spain at right guard? Oh, oh no, no. He, he was he was uh, left guard. Quentin was left. I mean, okay. Quentin was pulling a um, – Quentin was pulling a fucking L. Collins at the latter end of the year. Like, Quentin was start, dude, Quentin was playing really well, like the first 10 games of the season. We're like, holy shit, he's starting to play like his old Pro Bowl self in Tennessee. Then he started to bog down. Oh my God, we had Jonah Williams, Quentin Spain, Trey Hopkins, Jackson Carmen, Hakeem Adeniji, and fucking Isaiah Prince. Oh my God. And we made the fucking Super Bowl. That's insane. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, I, I that, just... that's. Yeah, might be. I was just saying that's I, we're kind of beating a dead horse at that point. Um, yeah, just in the macro, man. I wanted to sprinkle some uh, faith into people because I've been hearing it too much this week. Like Lael has not been some godly pass blocker. We're gonna be fine. We have four other guys, and we have Joe fucking Burrow. I've been saying this all along because I love saying this part. One elite pass rusher will not do it anymore. It won't do it against this line. It's not enough. Almost every game, bro, before this season, in the first two weeks of the year, when we would face an elite pass rusher, it was, there's a good chance they can wreck this game. Can we do enough to overcome it? Like, we knew it was coming. Uh Uh-oh. Well, this guy's going to wreck us. Can we do enough in the first three quarters before he takes over in the fourth? Now it's not the case anymore. And I expect that to be on Monday night. And the Bills fans are going to be pissed. Like, man, we couldn't get after Joe Marrow. Yeah, man, I 
I don't I don't know, man. It's gonna be a great game, I think. A lot of people are gonna be shocked. So hopefully at the end of the night, um, you know, hopefully you know, tomorrow is gonna be a big outlook on what's to come, but you know, maybe Oh man. Night. Yeah. Oh shit, the Steelers and uh I know. Come on, I can't fucking wait for that shit, man. Yeah, so I, that's gonna be crazy. That's. Oh, just... I can't wait, bro. I got my iPad. I got an iPad for Christmas. Um, and damn, bro, I fucking love that thing. Like, and because I have no cable at my place, and because I, I barely ever watch anything, I barely ever watch Netflix. I don't do shit with my TV. And, like, my internet got cut off in my fucking apartment complex because they like to cut costs and fucking raise prices. They cut cable, internet, all that bullshit. And so I don't have any. And I was like, damn, like, what am I going to do? I don't want to watch a Bengals game on my fucking two-inch phone. I'm going to have a heart attack trying to watch on this tiny shit. So now I got – I'm like, yeah, 12-inch screen. Let's fucking go because I watched it on (laughs) NFL on there. So I'm lit, bro, for this game. I'm fucking excited about it. Yes, sir. All right, bro. Well, let's go ahead and get in some uh, of the X's nose of the game. Um, look, man, there's star power everywhere. I mean, the star power is 10 out of 10. It's so awesome that the anticipation of this game when we got the schedule is just as high as when we got the schedule. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. what was it? May 12th, we got the schedule. We're like, holy shit, Bills, Bengals, Week 17. Then June or July comes around, and they announce that they're bringing out the helmets, the white helmets. Right? Oh, my God. Are we going to get a white out on January 2nd? It's going to snow. All this shit. Well, the snow's not coming, but the hype is coming. And uh, look, man, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, I've talked about it all week. The talk has been fun between the two, and it's high quality everywhere, bro. So first topic we're going to touch on is um, the Bills' defense against the Bengals' offense. Um, what's your outlook on how the Bills defense can defend this Bengals offense? What are some things you're thinking of? Yeah, I think Zach Taylor's talked about it. Like um, the Bills defense and ways are just completely identical to our defense. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy to watch Joe Burrow against Bills defense. He, you know, we've seen Joe Burrow against some of the top defenses. So this. This is already a, a thing where, you know, Burrow has something he's got to prove. He's got to chip on the shoulder no matter what because that's just oh. – That's the best Joe Burrow. Yeah, that, that's the best Joe Burrow. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not too familiar with the defense, but at the same time, they're year in and year out, they're a top five defense. They're always one of the best. So, um, hopefully – not hopefully, because you know we know who this the Spangles team is, but yeah, hopefully we will, um, you know, get after it offensively. I'd like to see Burrow. You know, th- this is where Burrow wants to come in, and you know, Burrow he doesn't care about his numbers, but gosh, this is a Joe Burrow MVP game right here. It has this to is, be big, bro. This is like this is what's crazy about this game. Like this is gonna be. Like literally one of the biggest games in a in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, and and think about it, bro. Like, think about how big the game. Ironically, week seventeen, just like this year, week seventeen was last year. You're 
what is it, nine and six, something like that? Uh, yeah. Something like that, nine and seven or eight and seven, whatever the fuck. Going into the Chiefs game, you had to have the best Joe Burrow. We got 450 yards later and four touchdowns and eight incompletions for a passer rating of 140. One, 141 against the Chiefs defense that in the past previous eight games leading up to that Bengals game was allowing 10.3 points per game. So you're talking about a defense, Chiefs defense that was dominating coming against the Bengals offense that was high flying. And it's like he he made the most and he capitalized at an elite level in that opportunity. Look, man, I told you about it last week. I've been saying it a lot. I've been saying it in Twitter spaces everywhere. Joe Burrow has had multiple five total touchdown games. I need five pass touchdowns, bro. I'm fucking <laughs> yeah. tired of not getting it. Bro, isn't it crazy he's never had more than four? Yeah. Like, I with agree. how elite he has been, bro. He has not had five fucking pass touchdowns. Dude, if he gets five pass touchdowns in this game, he might just get six. He's winning MVP. He might not get five. I mean, if he gets six, oh I'll my. put him right at 40. So. Bro, oh, my gosh. Like, I need it. We need it. The fans <laughs> need to see it. I mean, the dude has had 530 passing yards in a game. And I know. put up four touchdowns. Like, it's starting to irk me at this point, bro. I'm just like, God, <laughs> I mean, last week, you dropped the touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. You've heard me talk oh about God. it. And I'm like, all of a sudden, he has five or six. So if that can happen in this game against this good Bills defense, I mean, I'm not saying you're shipping it in because of how good Patrick Mahomes is, but you've probably heard me talk about it, bro. Like, whoever wins this game has – some of the best cases to win MVP. You beat Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, the other two yeah. best quarterbacks in football, to get the number one seed. Give them the fucking give them the trophy. And man, I did not predict Joe Burrow to have five touchdowns. But damn it, bro, I, I've been feeling it intuitively, and you know yeah. our intuition. We've been yeah. me and you have talked about yeah. this a lot, bro, and. And it's yes, right a lot. I'm starting to get an intuitive feeling that this can be the game to where Joe just goes fucking nuclear. And the audience that already knows Joe Burrow's that dude, I think it may really become like apparent in their minds that holy fuck, this may be the quarterback of the NFL. And it it's it's beautiful to watch, bro. Like we we saw this at in college. Like it, it's so exciting, but Yep. Yeah, man. Like he, it it was only it, it was only a matter of time before this was going to happen. Um, I think a lot of people thought he was just going to be this this quiet guy for for the beginning, like especially his rookie year. Like, but he he's blown up so much, especially going to the Super Bowl in his second year. Like, not a lot of guys do that. Um, and, and we've heard the the bull crap about oh where teams go after 0-2 or where teams go after Super Bowl losses. So yeah. if we've heard it all. But yeah. the, the only guy that doesn't listen to that is Joe Burrow. So um, you, you know what, bro? I think he does listen to it. I think he does too. Yes, I, he doesn't care what they think. He, he says he doesn't. It, but yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Well, you know what's funny is I've noticed this a few times with Joe. As with most competitors, bro, they're fucking pros. These people are competitive as fuck. You know what I mean? Like, listen, bro, like, Joe, as with every player, and some players are different. They straight up speak about their, you know, they voice out their, uh, you know, what they feel is disrespectful before or after a game. Joe definitely does not acknowledge anything before a game. But I remember last year, there was a comment about Wink Martindale heading into the game, and he said, oh, I'm not worried about that. After the game, it was brought up again. And I remember a reporter asked, so did you think about, you know, did you again think about what Wink Martindale said? He's like, yeah, a little bit. You know, I didn't think it was necessary. Joe <laughs> is that guy that if there was anything to dawn on him before this game, he will not mention it until after. And, yep. I mean, look, man. Heading into this week, I I think I said this on my last episode, and I definitely said this a couple times in the uh, Twitter spaces. I get it, man. A lot of people, they start to get pretty pessimistic about my predictions because they're like, you always predict them to win. Of course, first of all, I'm a diehard fan. And second of all, I'm extremely optimistic. So those two things almost never bold well for me being a negative person that predicts a team to lose because I'm optimistic and I love this team. And if I if I stay corrected, I feel like I have seen you pick pick against us a couple times this year. And a team like this, a team like the Bengals, <clears throat> we are a fourteen win team. So if you're picking yeah. us to lose twice exactly, a year, there's nothing wrong with that. You, you're being as as non biased as possible. I mean, we we really are that team. Like exactly, 13 bro. Wins, like thirteen, twelve. Like it it doesn't matter. It, it's exactly right. So like. And, and I don't spend much time on it, and, and I should not even spend as much energy on this as I do, but I want to show people my rationale, which I have already, so I don't need to beat a dead horse for people that don't want to believe it, because some people are going to continue to look again this week and think, oh, he's predicting to win again, and it's funny, bro, because uh, heading into last week, you obviously know where I stood. I don't, I don't respect the Patriots. Fuck Mac Jones. He's a little bitch. We all seen how earlier this week transpired with him getting the fine being dirty against Eli, he's a dirty player that's mid as fuck and he's not good. So that doesn't bode well for you in the NFL. You suck and you're a little bitch. Bro, he's Grayson Allen of the NFL. Yeah, $23,000. That's all he got fine. Gosh, what a little bitch, man. Anyways, I mean, when I predicted us to win last week, people were like, do you ever predict us to lose? I'm like, let me tell you something, bro. Earlier (laughs) in the season, I predicted us to lose to the Chiefs and Bucks and I got it backfired on me and i was like i'm not falling again for that shit bro i'm not falling for it because bro i predicted us to go 13 and 4 i predicted us to lose to the cowboys in week two um chiefs bucks and uh i think the browns one time maybe i don't know all that i know is that i was staying tall and i'm like yo i'm gonna predict us to lose when we fucking prove that we can lose beat me then I'll predict us. Then I'll change it, maybe. You know what I'm saying? Like, fucking yeah. beat me then. We've won seven straight. What's up? Exactly. It's like, like, dude, like. That's facts. Exactly, man. So, not to get too sidetracked with that, to get into a bit more of the X's and O's. Look, this Bills defense is a good defense. They run a lot of nickel, okay? So, you're bringing the extra DB in. You're taking the linebacker out. Because they trust the linebackers that are in, they trust their pass rush and they need as much help as possible on the back end as they do. Uh, Their safety unit has held up fine. This is a really good defense. 
like Zach said, is a lot like ours. Um, they do not have an elite pass rusher. Like I've told people, and I've told you, everybody knows at this point, I've busted it into people's heads. Yes, it can cause problems, but it will not be the determining problem of the game. I fucking promise you. Unless if Greg Rousseau just takes a Von Miller step. If he turns into a monster this game, and it turns into Von Miller, then yes, he can wreck the game. If not, he won't. They are deep as fuck on that defensive tier. I mean, the defensive line, bro. They don't. They don't only have Greg Rousseau. They have AJ Epinesa, Boogie Basham, all, two young quality guys, Jordan Phillips, who's a big beefy ass dude on the interior. They have um, um, Ed Oliver, Shaq Lawson. That is a fine defensive line, bro. That's a top. I mean, plus Von Bell, Von Miller at the beginning of the year, like obviously looks different now with them gone. That's a top three, top five defensive line of football. It's not the same anymore. Um, really good linebackers, one of the best tandems in the NFL, top three to top five. Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson are probably top one, top two, up there with 49ers, then the Bills. Jermaine Edmonds, uh, yeah, not Terrell Edmonds, and Matt Milano. Those dudes have also been torn up in pass coverage. Who the fuck destroys the middle of the field? Joe Burrow. Yep. So their linebackers had allowed the most yards in coverage this year. A little bit of nuance. It doesn't mean they're completely terrible in pass coverage. They're fine in pass coverage. It's that the coverage is that they run a lot. They run a lot of shell concepts like most defenses in the NFL. So you force everything underneath and in front of you. You'd rather get beat in the middle of the field than the outside of the field. So that's not me giving them slack because they still give up the most yards in the league. But that's also not saying, hey, these dudes are like Preston Browns. Remember Preston Brown? Dude that ran like a fucking 5'9 speed it looked like. And <laughs> that's not the problem. Even though actually Preston Brown played for the Bills and Bengals, ironically. Um, yeah, man. Also... Rookie sixth-round cornerback Dane Jackson starting over first-round pick Kyrie Elam. 2022 first-round pick Kyrie Elam. Been a healthy scratch multiple games this year. Really? Wow. Yep. Bro, he's struggling in pass coverage, and he's been – he can't fucking tackle. So, the, the yeah. misses tackles. That's what I wanted to talk on. So, aren't the Bills like 32nd tackling yep. according to PFF? Yep, yep. And, I mean, just think of how that bolds well, bro. I Jamar mean, Chase. Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Samaj P. Ryan, Hayden Hurst, these dudes that will bust you in the fucking face. Yep. You know, <laughs> it's like, bro, remember the play last week when Jamar got the screen about 13 yards from the first down? And there is not a single receiver that is near blocking for him. There are three DBs that are straight up open, like Oklahoma drill style. You yeah. turn around, there's a dude right there, and Jamar gets the first down. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. this is this is why he's the most elite receiver in football. This is not normal, your yak ability. Like, Debo Samuel is not doing that. No, Tyreek Hill is not doing it. Nobody else is fucking moving like that. So you talk about a guy that can break tackles against a high-end, quality, disciplined defense in the Patriots. What's going to happen against the dudes that can't fucking tackle? I think I think Jamar is ready for this game. I was watching the interviews today and he was just talking on he's like he's like, Yeah, he's like, I was out four games, but I, I'm basically at a thousand yards. He's like he's like his goal right now is to 
you know, obviously week to week, but he, he wants to get a he wants to get a thousand and he wants ten touchdowns. So what other way to capitalize this week? He wants to I think he wants to go crazy on Monday night football. This mm-hmm. could be this could be that that we we've been waiting on this big Jamar Chase game all year. Mm-hmm. I think be it right here that that nuclear game like yeah, jamar has nuclear. gone off multiple right, times right. Yes, yes sir. i totally get it yeah i mean last year bro you had the more low-key nuclear game for jamar in the packers game 160 he missed multiple opportunities to where he could add two hundo in that game and then of course the ravens game and then of course the chiefs game holy shit bro wait l- let's just think about this for a second of course, shoulda, coulda, woulda. People could say this about a lot of players, but the landscape for Lamar or Jamar last year was the Packers game. He put up 160. Yes, overtime helped, but he dropped a touchdown pass. That was about 35, 40 yards. He dropped another pass. That was about 25, 30 yards. Say he comes down with two of those. Jamar could have had three 200-yard games last year as a rookie crazy he is better this year it's crazy bro people are still running with t higgins i saw a post yesterday i saw a comment of a dude say i just don't know how anyone can say jamar is a receiver one over t higgins i'm just like okay (laughs) i I just i let it go at this point (laughs) okay fine fine well thank you Yeah, and I just, especially the the post about him getting traded and stuff, like people don't realize it, it's going to cost at least two first rounders, at least if mm-hmm. you want to even talk about T against. So. Yeah, bro, like Amari Cooper had two first round picks, and the dude's mid. Like T yeah. Higgins has been shown to be that dude, and yeah, man, like look, T Higgins is going against. Dane Jackson. I expect that to be the case. I don't expect Trey White, Tredavious White, who came off the ACL just five, six games ago, to follow Jamar. Uh, but that's a quality secondary. It's a good secondary. It's a lot like ours. It's not elite. Trey, Trey um, White has not been 100% yet. He's getting back to the gist of things. Still a really good corner, though. Like, what I was telling Bills fans earlier this week, because they did not know just who they didn't know who Cheeto was. Nobody yeah. knows who Cheeto is. And I was telling them, yo, Cheeto is like 2019 Trey White, a young player coming into the league that is a real dude, but the world does not know it yet. That's oh. Cheeto. So when we lost Cheeto, because we were just telling them, because they were, of course, dissing us, like, how is Eli Apple starting? <laughs> People just, I don't know, I guess they won't catch on at this point. Um, unless if he gets a pick six in this game, which holy shit, if Eli Apple does, nobody will want to see me on Twitter, bro. I mean, I will wreck that app. I will wreck Instagram. Imagine his first pick and only pick of the season's a pick oh, six on God. Monday night football against. You know Washington. what? Hey, we had another middling cornerback about nine years ago do the same thing in a Monday night game against a great quarterback. Drake Kirkpatrick got a pick six against Peyton Manning in a Monday night game. So maybe it could happen, bro, if the stars align. Shit, Drake Kirkpatrick's going to be there for that game, actually. So we'll see, bro. (laughs) But, yeah, man, so that's a lot um, with the Bills' defense. Um, Look, we're going to continue to do our thing. Like, 
we have been such a high-powered, high-octane offense. We will work within what a defense gives us. And that transitions well with Josh Allen and his Bills offense. Josh Allen will give that ball up because he does not like working with what a defense gives him for an entire 60 minutes. He has gotten a lot more patient, a lot better with his IQ and his game speed and his game patience as he's a phenomenal athlete. We all know that. It's been a difference with taming and molding Josh mainly uh, mentally from out of, you know, coming out of Wyoming and being who he is now. He still struggles with that mental game, staying patient, staying with what a defense gives you and playing the best football within that for all 60 minutes. You heard me. Uh, if you watched, listen to the episode from a couple of days ago, Josh has 29 turnover worthy plays this year. Joe yeah. has 11. Joe has six or five since week three. Josh Allen has been averaging two to three turnover-worthy plays a game the past five, six games, and it translated to picks last week. Of course, we talked about this a lot. We're not here to just make excuses. The reality is that Joe has had a bad luck with the tip passes. He has not thrown flat-out picks in a long time. Other than last week, and that was a clear miscue. I mean, so I'm not saying Joe's excused for it. He's still through it. But to bring this back with Josh Allen, he throws boneheaded picks. He threw picks in a double coverage last season or last week. Bad picks, bro. I don't know if you saw him. Did Jaquan Brisker, Stefan was not open, or Gabe Davis. I don't even remember who it was. It was a post route to the um, outside pylon of the end zone clearly right into Jaquan Brisker's hands then another pass in a fucking triple coverage to Dawson Knox bonehead yeah, shit I think I think this is gonna be a game where you know Von Bell could get a pick a guy like that um so I'd yes, be I'd, Von Bell what Von Bell uh, does he have four picks right now or five um I think he had yes I think he has just four he may have five, but he also has three turner, uh, three fumbles, wow. one fumble recovery, two forced fumbles. Yep, he had it. Cowboys game, um, recovered one some other fucking time, and then uh, last week against the Patriots, he had that forced fumble or fumble recovery, whatever the fuck. Eight, wow. eight fucking turnovers this year, and the dude was a uh, fifth alternate in the Pro Bowl. Uh, it, it, I don't know, man. I, I don't fucking know. I don't get it. But nonetheless, Josh Allen is going to give that ball up. And if the Bengals want to make sure that they win this football game, you play your sound offense that you have been. In the macro, the Bengals have been the most consistent team in football this year. Overall. Yes, that's within the confines that no team is fucking perfect. It's the fucking NFL, bro. Defenses are going to capitalize better than offenses sometimes. Offenses are going to capitalize better than defenses sometimes. The Bengals have been the most consistent football team there is. You keep that this week. Do your thing on offense. Capitalize on the fucking opportunities on defense. Like, can Eli Apple finally catch a pick? Remember last week, again, the first throw by Mac Jones in the game. Eli makes a great break on the ball. In his hands, drops it. We can't have that this week, bro. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to come down with those picks. 
Got to. Yes, exactly. So if you want to win this game, win the fucking turnover battle because it is going to be a fight. We know this, bro. Like, you've seen the stats I posted a lot this week. This Bengals team is better than this Bills team. The Bills have been a bit more inconsistent. There's opportunities to be had here. This is a phenomenal Bills team, phenomenal quarterback, but there are cracks in their armor. We have to make sure that we exploit the fuck out of them. And if we do, we will win this game. I agree. I mean, I 100% agree with you. Yep. And look, man, just to go down a bit more X's and O's with the Bengals' defense against their Bills' offense, look, our cornerbacks got to do the best they can. CTB's going to get picked on. You saw Tom Brady. You saw Mac fucking Jones. Mac and cheese. McCorkle bum-ass Jones (laughs) listening to Bill Belichick and saying, hey, Exploit number 29. So if he can do it, you know Josh is going to do it. You know they're going to move Stefan to that side when they can. They're going to put him up top, and they're going to say, hey, Stefan, get right. You've been a little bit low-key the past few games. Pop off. It can happen. So that's why these safeties who have been phenomenal for us this year, the best safety room in football, Jesse Bates, get the biggest bag you can this game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make that big play. Von Bell, show us why you're the safety of our future here. You're going to be the safety of the future with Dax Hill. We know it. So prove it. Make that game-changing play. Get that pick because these cornerbacks are going to need your help. Eli's been playing well, but we know exactly who Eli is. He's a guy that can get beat. And a guy that can do it is Josh Allen. Yeah. 100%, and I hope our defense capitalizes on everything like you said. Um, You know, we're going to have the the chances and opportunities and be able to get those and capitalize on those turnovers. That's that's the difference between winning a game and not winning a game. So, Absolutely, man. And uh, look, dude, I mean, Spencer Brown, their left tackle, has been suspect this year. And Trey Hendrickson, even though he's not 100%, he's still Trey motherfucking Hendrickson. That is an opportunity to be had right there. That, I'm so fucking annoyed, bro, hearing of the Bengals' O-lines insufficiencies when so often we go against insufficient O-lines with an elite pass rush and Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard. Like, what? why aren't more people talking about what Trey Hendrickson could do than fucking Gregory Rousseau? I, I'm I getting know. annoyed of this shit, bro. I'm fucking tired of hearing. Bro, who are we hearing that from Um, earlier this year? Oh, the fucking bitch-ass Titans, bro. I'm like, first off, you guys are – your offense is fucking mid. Second of all, you're talking to me like, oh, man, we had nine sacks, 11 total sacks against you guys last year. Y'all better be ready. Then I told them bum-ass motherfuckers, I'm like, bro, you're losing three of your dudes. Like, man. you're acting like you're fucking full strength like you were last year, and our O-line has been good. And, then, and I was like, what the fuck? You have a 30-second pass rush, uh, pass block win rate on your O-line in the NFL. You're trying to flex to me like your defensive line is going to save the fucking day? They flex, they flex Bayard like he's like the best safety in all of football. Yeah, which he is really good. No, yeah, he's good. It's like, he's good, but yeah, they flex him too hard. Exactly, bro. And it's kind of the same thing this week, like except not as as extreme, which is good. I'm not hearing Bills fans acting like they're gonna wreck the game on the defensive line because they know they're not. They know they're not. It's just annoying. 
Like, I get it. We got a backup. But guess who else has a fucking backup? The Bills, bro. So stop fucking bitching to me. Like, Greg Rousseau is not Trey Hendrickson. So I'm about to tweet that shit out, bro. Like, I'm tired of talking about it. Our why, right tackle is going to be fine. Why is why is nobody, and I get it was obviously maybe, you know, preseason or whatever, but why is nobody talking about how we, like, how John Ross destroyed the Bills for string safeties? The same ones that are still in Buffalo. Remember when John Ross, like, put them on skates? Like, he... yeah down the right sideline and then he yep. I think he made him run into each other so yeah yeah he did because he did like a fucking twirly Tyreek Hill type shit just like ran backwards and then went yep. around looped it yeah man so like this defense is not impenetrable just like this entire Bills team we heard it all year heading it or we heard it all offseason heading into the season this Bills team is unequivocally the best team in football if they're not in the Super Bowl it's Super Bowl or bust blah 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 well, guess what? The Bengals are about to ruin that shit, and I'm about to support it with these fucking predictions. You ready to get into them? Go crazy. All right, man. Look, I'm going to preface it with this. Earlier this week, I I was going to predict the Bills to win this game because it's going to be a toss-up, bro. We know it is. It's going to be a toss-up. And I was like, you know, I could just see – it ended up going, getting that one break for the Bills, that one little opportunity that they seize and they make it happen. But then I ended up going through some data, some film, some statistics, some more data. And I was like, whoa, I did not expect to see what I saw. I've already said this earlier this week, so people have heard it, but I got to keep saying it so they understand. This Bills team is not God sent, okay? This team is beatable. Like, this team is not un, an undefeated team. The fucking Lions almost beat them with a high-powered offense. This Bills team, they have insufficiencies on defense and inconsistencies on offense. They keep championing how elite their run game is. Look, their run game is Josh Allen with a compliment of James Cook and Devin Singletary. Their run game has been a bit better this week, but I'm predicting this right now. Their run game, without Josh Allen running, which is a little bit of a different thing, which our defense can defend because we fucking see Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson four times a year. Their, their offense, I'm predicting this now, like I said, not including Josh Allen, will not get over 75 rushing yards this game. It won't happen. So they keep championing, oh, man, our run game is elite. Well, it's because oftentimes Josh Allen scrambles out of the pocket and gets seven yards of carry. So you're championing me about your 4.1 or 4.3 yards per carry when Josh Allen's getting fucking seven a pop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't want to talk about it, though. But I keep telling them, hey, I've stopped Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb for 69 combined rushing yards the past two games. I don't want to hear you flexing me about fucking James fucking Cook. Okay? Like, are we serious right now? Like, is James Cook Derrick Henry? Is Devin Singletary Nick Chubb? Is Josh Allen Lamar Jackson? No. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we've stopped all these dudes. Multiple games. We're not talking like, oh, man, we had one lucky break. Now, to give some credit, we have had, like, Nick Chubb's a beast. He's tore us up most times. But we picked it up. And we showed who the fuck we are. And it's like, I'm calling that now. Not over 75 rushing yards for uh, the Bills. And to go a bit more on the individual stats, um, Josh Allen 
I predict him going 25 for 41, 268, three touchdowns, one costly pick. One. That pick is going to be costly. I don't know when. It's going to be the momentum shifter of the game. Devin Singletary, um, 15 rushes, two receptions, 67 total yards. I say total because people think 67 just comes from the rushing. Um, Stephon Diggs, he's going to get right this game. Eight receptions, 102 for a tutty. Um, um, Gabe Davis, I forgot his fucking name because he he's good. He's not great. Like people act like he is. Can't believe people said he's better than T. Higgins coming to the season. Fucking idiots. Five receptions, 74 yards for Davis. Dawson Knox, uh, five receptions, 42 yards. Um, so Stefan's going to get right this game. All right. I think he's going to get right. But Joe Burrow's going to answer better with this. Wait till you hear this shit. Joe Burrow, 33 for 43, 429 yards, four tutties, no picks. Joe Mixon, 15 rushes, six receptions. 129 in a tutty for Mixon. Jamar Chase, seven receptions, 110 in the tutty. All right, bro, get ready. T. Higgins is going to kill Dane Jackson. Like, this defense is going to overextend themselves and not have Jamar Chase kill him over top. T. Higgins, 10 receptions, 156 in a tutty. Tyler Boyd, not going to get the 100, I don't predict, but he's going to be close. Five receptions, 91 yards. Joe Burrow's going to go off, bro, and he's going to staple himself at the top of that MVP conversation with Patty Mahomes after coming out with the W, 30-27. to 27. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yes, sir. David, um, yeah, and obviously you get into player predictions, but, God, my final score predictions, 34-31. I got the Bengals winning. I think Joe Burrow is going to go crazy this week. Um, so you got him with four touchdowns, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have him getting the five yet, but I also made that a couple days ago, <laughs> man. Like, as we were talking earlier in the episode, I feel like it can actually come this game. It's been so fucking close, man. I'm getting tired of it. And I think it can come this game. It's very possible. I think, I think um, a guy that, I just saw it today. I'm super happy for him, bro. Like, he's a 71 overall in Madden now. Shout uh-huh. out to Trevor Irwin. Yes, Trent sir. T.I., the GOAT. That's crazy. Man. He's been playing great football. Four touchdowns. What was it? He's got four touchdowns, and the Steelers receivers got how many? Bro, they have five. And he's played <laughs> seven games, and the Steelers wide receivers, all of their core, every game this year have combined for 80 games. <laughs> seven games and 80 games and of course as I always preface should have could have would have but ti could have two more touchdowns if they would have given him that panthers touchdown yep. which was a touchdown i ended up looking later he got both feet down refs didn't give it to him and if he would have pulled in this one against the patriots he would have had more touchdowns in the fucking stewards wide receivers this year he's a secret weapon bro and yes gosh bro like he's he's literally he's good He's our certified He's, wide receiver four, and like it, I, yep. I was so scared. I I I watched him for a while, and I I've always been scared that he's gonna get taken off our practice squad. And the fact that even after, I feel like I feel like maybe it was, did didn't he play that Thursday night against the Dolphins? Um, 
When what? Because I I don't think so. I don't think he did. Maybe he did. Okay, there was a game where like I feel like he just he had he had a quiet game, but he he had like two good catches. Then he went back to the practice squad next week, and I was like, dude, somebody's about to take him. Then nobody mm. took him. When I think that's when he just started going, you know, crazy, and finally stayed on the roster, man. It, yep. Gosh, I did you see Pat, Pat McAfee was like begging him like come to come to the Colts you can play in the slot (laughs) yeah yeah exactly he's like please listen man the I mean you've probably seen my tweets about it this week it just makes me so happy that this is not a dude that's just getting an opportunity this is a guy that the quarterback trusts almost like this sounds crazy but Joe Burrow trusts him as much as any other fucking player outside right now. Like, you don't throw three touchdown passes to just anybody. You don't scheme up a guy on third down three times in one game to just anybody. Yeah, T.I. is a weapon now. I mean, one thing about him, too, it's cool. He he catches everything. Yeah, bro. He catches everything, and you know we loved Auden T for such a long time. But this guy, Trent Irwin, man, he, in contact and traffic, like those dude, two passes last week, bro. The first tutty pass, and even the second tutty pass in that fucking gets, uh that uh that post route or that fade route, we're like, no way he caught that. He got popped by Duggar, bro, and he came down with it. He gets popped all the time, and I don't know how he comes down with that. Some of his preseason catches, it's like, dude, how how did you catch that? And yeah, I didn't know. I didn't understand how after the preseason, he didn't make the team. I mean, it, it it's kind of crazy looking back at it. Like we we have all these guys like Mike Thomas. We we put all these guys in front of Trent Irwin. Trent Irwin. Trent Irwin took it like, hey, yeah, and he's producing. At a higher level than anyone could have ever anticipated, but also he's playing at a higher level than any of these guys have stepped up. So it's mm-hmm. great. We, we we've been really looking for that wide receiver four to flat out stand out, and you know obviously to be able to go into that that one game where you know we had Trent Taylor and we had Trent Irwin for for that whole game. So that was you know, that's something that sucks, but. You know, he stepped up big. That was mm-hmm. big came for him, man. And, God, when I mm-hmm. when I saw he had two touchdowns, I was like, dude, how, how, does yeah, just, I know. how does he just keep doing this? So it's just fun. It's fun and awesome for him. He Like you said, I think it's, it was you that said it. Like, he's going to get a good three to five what, yep. on his next contract. So good mm-hmm. for him. Like, really good for him. Exactly, man. Exactly. And and it's awesome to see. And uh, you know what's funny? What's crazy is uh, me and Zim, we're playing in our fantasy championship this week. Actually, the next two weeks. It's pretty cool. We got two weeks to play against each other. And um, I have to start Brock Purdy because Jalen Hurts is out. So Brock Purdy's been fine, but he hasn't been Jalen Hurts, bro. But I've been managing to pull out W's. Um, I've been talking shit to Zim all this week. And, bro, because <laughs> I've won seven straight. I... I'm dead ass this week. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see how it goes because we have two weeks. So I have, I have a week to rekindle myself. If it doesn't go well, I'm starting Trent Irwin. I told him I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going all the fuck in. 
I'm starting over, over Raheem Mustard. I believe in Trent this week, bro. You give me almost three tutties last week. I'm starting you. He gave me 20 points on my bench. I'm like, bro, wow. I'm going all in. Zim's like, no, you're not. You're not starting him. I'm like, yeah, the fuck I am. I'm going to fucking kick your ass with him. Then I'm going to flex it all off season. I'll beat yep. you for the fucking championship with T.I. <laughs> what, did, what did Zim say when I came in there? I, or, uh, he shouted me out. And he was like, just come on, Mike. Come on, my podcast, man. Don't. don't yeah. <laughs> he was fucking around. I was like, yo, shout out to my homie Drake coming on my podcast Friday, whatever. He's like, nah, Drake, fuck, fuck me things. Come on my podcast. Me yeah. and Zim, we fuck around a lot, man. That's my dude. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, man, we, we've, um, you know, connected a lot on, you know, through the fucking Twitter spaces and stuff, the Twitterverse um, built a lot of awesome connections there. And man, you got to get on there, bro. Like, I, I feel like people would love your shit, man. Yeah, I, I need to get on there. It's been... Well, why don't you speak? I feel like you've never spoke before. I, I haven't. I don't I don't get on Twitter a lot. I guess... Uh, I just, Every Twitter. now and then, just stop and say what's up. You know, grow yeah. some connections there, man. We got some awesome people that come on. Yeah, for sure. I need, I need to come in there. Sam's been telling me, too. He's just been... He's been telling me, like... I I don't know. Like if if you asked Zim, he would be like, "Bro, I tell Drake all the time, like, bro, you need to get on Twitter." Like, yeah, like he, he's <laughs> trying to get me on Twitter. So yeah, I need, I need to hop on there. Definitely hop on, bro. Because last week after the uh, Dolphins collapsing against the Packers, bro, Damian Woody was in our space. ESPN really? analyst. I was talking to him for like ten minutes, bro. Listen. And, uh, you know, Omar, the dude who created the House of Highlights uh, Instagram page, and he's like the main writer for SportsCenter now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So he he actually runs SportsCenter page. He was in there too. Bro, huh. we were spitting game. Like, it, it's so funny because, like, I, I've heard this from other things. I've only been in the space with Damien one time, maybe twice. And, um, and supposedly he's a normal show. And the Jets space is because he played with the Jets. He hates the Dolphins. It's so funny. He talks shit like a fan, bro. He's <laughs> like, man, I just fucking hate the Dolphins. And th- hear this, bro. Hear how crazy this is. I heard that Damien will talk shit like a typical fan and will be in the Jets space, be talking in the space, and then have to leave to go on air on Get Up NFL. <laughs> He's like, yo, hey, guys, I'm about to go on air. I'll be back comes back and continues persisting the shit talking that he does it's crazy bro it's like oh hey i'm about to go on esp real quick i'll be right back it's like what the fuck this is insane that's funny yeah that's it, awesome it is funny man and uh he saw my page he saw my profile picture as we were talking about Tua, and he was like uh b things you know we got to start we got to talk about this Bengals bills game i'm like you're fucking telling me about it i've been talking shit already it's fucking <laughs> sunday at 4 5 p.m yeah like, i'm on my shit bro and it has not been a crazy week talking with Bills fans, bro. And um, you know what? Maybe they're – you know what they said? They're like, we're staying down. We're staying prepared. They're afraid they're going to fucking lose, bro, and I think they are. Yeah, I, I'm confident in this game. Like, I'm super, super confident. Like, I, I, we've been we've been completely honest about games. Like, okay, not yeah. as confident in this one, this, that. I, I wasn't that confident in the Buccaneers game, but, you mm-hmm. know, we still did our thing. But – yeah. You know, I'm super confident in this game. I think we're going to come out firing on all cylinders. I think we're going to do our job. I think they got to be able to game plan against 
a guy like Trent Merlin. Like, when we have this many weapons, especially going into the playoffs, and God, bro, like, QB, like, you know, was it last week? Like, gosh, I can't believe my memory is this bad. Even though he had kind of a sloppy game, he had some good catches. Like, so it, I mean, we we got guys producing, catching, and moving the chains like that, especially T.I., bro. Like, T.I., gosh, bro, I just, I want to see him pop off for like 80. 80 yards, just, just get, yeah. get that big play, bro. Like, scheme him up on a third down as you've trusted him already and just, like, watch him just bust out of the fucking coverage because they're not prepared for him and just go for six. Like, a long touchdown or some shit. That'd be amazing, bro. Like, a crosser route, like, and they don't even pay attention to him because they're so focused on Jamar or T. Higgins not beating him over top. Like, that can so happen, bro. Well, and, you know, we saw Joe Burrow in, in college, especially like we saw four, you know, four, four wide receiver sets out there. So, you know, you've got a guy like Irwin where you can actually do that at times. That's crazy. You know, oh, yeah. You have four wide, wide receivers out there running verticals or, you know, whatever the game plan is. It's just, it's dangerous. I think Burrow, like you said, it's crazy to see confidence with Irwin as he does with the rest of the team and and Irwin he he's established that because he just catches everything I mean yep. it's like it's like do or die every single time Trent Irwin goes for a catch so it is yeah it's awesome man yep I mean so this much fucking great hype around this game this was a great 2022 absolutely I mean, this was I mean especially New Year's tonight like it was great to see like our team finally get over that hump, finally get to where we need. Like we're a superstar team now. Like we're in, we're gonna be for a long time. You know, the Chiefs, you know, Chiefs fans have been running it for some time, but you know, we're here now. We've been here, and we're gonna be here for a while as long as Joe Burrow is under center. I don't care if it's 23, 2024. It, it's it's us. So you're always gonna have to worry about us. Um, yeah, man, this was this was a great year. I, I was I was hyped for twenty twenty two, and it turned out to be a great year. How was your year? It was awesome, man. You know, of course, navigating through some stuff as always, but above everything, it was an amazing year. This time last year with this Bengals team, we were talking about: can this be our reality for years to come? Can we experience this star power on a regular basis and be that team like the Chiefs? Of course, you have to, you know win like this Chiefs have won, win that Super Bowl, but in the macro, be that respected team year in and year out. And this time last year, the the jury was still out on if they will capitalize on the Chiefs game. A lot has transpired since then. We did. We came up clutch. We elevated. This team elevated. Everything elevated. Us as individuals elevated. And every single listener, I hope you guys elevated too. Um, Drake, that'll go ahead and do it man i hope you have a great fucking new year's night man i'm gonna have a great new year's night um enjoy all the time you can with your lady your loved ones drink drink up drink responsibly i'm a drink responsibly i'm a man i want to get my ciroc yeah i need to get some ciroc always what i get uh but appreciate you guys to listen uh to the all things Bengals podcast and um drake i'll talk to you later brother let's get a fucking double monday night Yes, sir. Stay safe. Peace. Yes, sir. Peace.